this is Karen Christine Patrick welcoming you on a, on a Friday night. I hope your Friday night is going well. You're here on the Aquarian Radio Network, and we have quite the treat of, of a show for you tonight. But first I want to introduce my co-host, uh, Janet Kirillesson. Hello, Janet. Hi, I'm here with Dr. Sasha Lesson, and we're in, here calling in from Maui, Hawaii, and we have a very special show this evening. Did you want to do the basic intro on the um, the page here, and then I'll take it from there? Oh, I'd be, yeah, I'd be glad to. This is very exciting. It's the story of United States Air Force Colonel Billy Faye Woodward, and he was a traveler to inner earth. So uh, uh, we have a firsthand account uh, from him that's available about the inside of our planet, uh, there's a lot, you know, going on under our feet uh, in the underworld, as it's been called for a long time. And uh, we have some information that uh, he gave us, and he said, My name is Colonel Billy Faye Woodward of the United States Air Force. I was stationed at Area 51, Nevada, January 28, 1971 through 1982. In that period of service, I visited a hollow, er, a hollow interior of the Earth six times, 800 miles deep, Upon my arrival to Area 51, I was indoctrinated to the existence of tunnels beneath Area 51, and soon after I met several of the underground shuttle operators that have a stature of 13 to 14 feet in height. These tunnels that transverse the world are built by a species of beings who have existed here before we surface or swellers a very long time. Immediately upon my arrival to Area 51, I was made aware of the tunnels and all the workings of the facility itself. They told me that the first 15 levels of Area 51 were man-made and that levels 15 through 27 were already there. Nobody from our government made them. We are just facilitating them. So this is, you know, a story that percolates through all of the genre that we cover, and uh, it's nice to get a straight eyewitness report. I'm very excited about that. So with that, uh, Janet... I'm going to hand the talking stick to you. Go ahead. Thank you, Karen. So today we have um, Dr. Sasha Lesson is here, and he's been studying a lot of information about Agartha and Inner Earth and read a number of books lately, so that's been a hot topic for us personally. Of course, now we land at the experts, Billy Woodard, also known as Zariah, Jane Stevenson. I think you have a different name, but I didn't put it on the page here, and Billy's father, Zora. And, uh, Sasha, do you want to say something before we bring on Billy? Uh, just that this is really important. The stuff you've been told about, the way earth, the earth is inside, is all a bunch of baloney. We got the straight dope, and I've really looked at lots of stuff, and we finally have an expert that's going to set us straight about inner earth. This is going to blow your minds and give you a lot of hope. So with that, uh, welcome, Billy. Hello. Hi, Billy. Aloha. Welcome to the show. Well, aloha to you as well. Um, of course, we're not in Hawaii, so we can just say hi. <laughs> yes. Hi, the rest of the world. I've uh, been here for uh, almost 30 years, so I always say aloha. Um, so I don't want to go into a lot of the, you know, just reading the story. It's better from the So would you... Please uh, tell our listeners, this is an entire new audience for you, uh, about yourself and who you are, your story about, you know, how you came to Earth and what is inner Earth, all that good stuff. We're a bunch of questions on the show. Two hours is going to go fast. Okay. Uh, how far back do you want me to go? 
Well, possibly. You know, it would go all the way back to Hollowworth, where I met Admiral yeah. Bird inside. Yeah, you know, that's uh, however it looks best to you. One of the interesting ways is to tell the most dramatic incident first and then tell how you got to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, see. to start out with, um, Admiral Richard Evelyn Byrd flew into the hollow earth in 1947. And he was allowed to come in into our domain because he was a noble character on the surface world. He was also an admiral in the Navy. So he had a lot of uh, uh, prestige or Mm -hmm. however you want to put that. He had a lot of clout, (laughs) so to Uh speak. And uh, so we allowed his aircraft to enter into hollow earth. He went through by way of the, uh, um, I believe it was uh, Greenland, and uh, he, from the alert base there in Greenland, and took off from there in 1947, uh, February 19th, 1947. Now, you have to understand that in 1947, on the 19th of February, it was pitch black up there because that's the Arctic night. Yeah. Uh, so uh, at that time, so uh, of course it was a moon, uh, a full moon shining very brightly when he took off. So he was, uh, as he was flying northward, he started seeing a glow on the horizon, and he said to his to his crew, he says, "What is that?" So they went in that direction, and they kept going, going, and then their instruments start spinning. Um, so they had to switch over to gyro. And once they did that, then, of course, the air- aircraft was, uh, you know, uh, navigation was, again, able to navigate. But it got to a point where they started seeing corona of the sun in front of them. And, and behind them was the full moon. So, um, and, of course, they kept going in the direction of this light. And finally, they found themselves going inward in toward the corona of this sun. And it really uh, baffled them quite a lot. But they went ahead and per- per- continued going. And then suddenly it was daylight all around the aircraft. Um, they could not understand this. They couldn't see the moon anymore. But, they, uh, but the head of them was nice, uh, you know, bright sunlight, and it was just really perplexing them. But uh, then, of course, they were their aircraft was intercepted by the uh, flying uh, aircraft, uh, dish-shaped aircraft, uh, four of them that surrounded his aircraft and uh, took control of his aircraft. They put a tractor beam on the aircraft and were able to. Take, take control of the aircraft. And they lowered the aircraft like as if it was in an elevator to the ground. Um, and, uh, of course, it, when it was on the ground, then they knocked on the door and they opened the door. And Emma Bird was invited along with his radio man, Howie, to come and uh, meet with the, the, council of the Council of Twelve of Hollow Earth. 
And when he entered, he he was taken to a um, uh, uh, a waiting center, and where Howie, the radio man Howie, was waiting, and he was instructed to go with the two hosts that were with him, which were extremely tall, and they escorted him to the chamber of the council. And as he walked into the chamber of the council, I was sitting next to my father, Zoraya. Zora. Zora. <laughs> Uh, well, more than uh, well, my bleh. anyway, I was sitting next to my father, and of course the other uh, delegates were there as well, and they announced to him that uh, he was wondering where he was, and he said, "You have been, you have been allowed to enter our domain of the Ariani because you are of noble character on the surface." We have a message for you, and the message was threefold. The first part of the message was that the earth is hollow, and it has brothers, your brothers and sisters are in hollow earth. The second part was medical, and it was the all of the uh, uh, diseases that were on the surface at that time. They were, he, they were, he was given a set of vials. Uh, test tube type vials and, he, and each one of those had the cure to each and every uh, disease on the earth's surface at that time. Wow. And every, Yes, absolutely. And the third part was that to cease and desist from all um, working with atomic or nuclear energy because it has dire consequences. And uh, of course that was what they, you know, relayed to him. And, uh, and Admiral Byrd was uh, extremely nervous because of all these extremely tall people standing around him. And uh, I know I, I, I immediately noticed his nervousness, so I walked over to him and I said, don't be nervous. There's no need to be nervous. Just be yourself. And answer the questions that they ask you. And of course, they started asking questions about of him and of the the surface of the world and things of this nature. So, Were you his size or the tall size when you walked over to Admiral Bird? Were, were you Bird size or I was a I was thirteen foot tall, and okay. I had I had turquoise colored skin. Um, oh, right. Turquoise green, turquoise green colored skin, because of the high content of copper in the water that's inside Hollow Earth, uh, and it, it changed the the, the the skin color to a turquoise green color. So, um, anyway, getting back to the message that they gave to him after they gave him all this information about. The uh, the reality of hollow earth and the the vials of uh, of cures that he was given and the instruction he was to give to his to his superiors about cease and desist all operations with nuclear and atomic energy. He was then escorted back to his aircraft and uh, uh, released. They they picked up his aircraft with the tractor beam. Uh, to about 2,900 feet 
and they escorted his aircraft out back out through the polar opening and then released the aircraft. Um, he was given all this information, and it was he was, he was um, uh, told he, he was told it was urgent that he get this information out to the world. So, uh-huh. of course, he attempted to do that, and uh, he, of course, you all of you know what happened at that point. So, moving on from there. Why didn't you share that? Huh? Let me just uh, kind of go ahead. Jim. Yeah, insert a little bit here. Yes. Why Why don't you let everybody know be, uh, what happened to uh, Richard Berg? Admiral Richard Evelyn Berg was was taken to Washington uh, to meet with his superiors and also President Truman at that time. And uh, so he met with him, and he met with the uh, advisors and things of this nature, and they ordered him under uh, under uh, uh, their laws to remain silent on behalf of humanity, not to divulge anything that he had seen or heard to his family or to anyone else. And they simply put the uh, cures on a shelf in uh, the, um, I believe it was from the Smithsonian or something like that, and put okay. just put them up on a shelf, and they were not released. Um, so, and all the information was hushed up. Uh, be, it became a very top secret uh, event, and he was not allowed to talk about his experience. He was not allowed to give any information out to anyone, and they simply discredited him and uh, scrutinized him in all all manner to discredit him, uh, to stop him from uh, giving this information out. So no one was believing. Yes. Can I ask Sasha at this point? Uh, Sasha has a question too. I'll I'll go first though since I spoke up. Okay, this was February of 47. This is pre-Roswell. And this is illogical if you think of it in terms of the reality that we are operating on, that if you had cures for diseases, you would release them. So the theory that I have been following is that there's some other uh, species in charge of humanity, and they basically, uh, you know, they've been terraforming the planet, and they don't want us to become uh, enlightened or, or aware of all the information. And we thought it started with Roswell, but it obviously goes back before that really in charge that was putting the kibosh on releasing the cures from your perspective? Well, at that that particular time, it was the uh, President of the United States. But uh, (laughs) also understand understand that there were alien contact prior to that with the U.S. Navy and uh, with the U.S. Air Force and things of this nature, back in 1943, there was also a uh, um, an experiment that took place in Philadelphia called the Philadelphia Experiment, and right. that was that's where they that was where they made the first con- contact uh, with the alien races um, when the ship went when the Eldridge went into a a, a phase shift uh, with the rainbow effect. Uh, and uh, they made 
contact with the alien beings at that time. And, of course, those people, uh, those beings, um, warned them not to, um, warned them about hollow earth, warned them about the people, um, uh, other races, other alien races and things of this nature, put the fear of God in them, basically. And so they wouldn't talk about it. Or, and or, well, what we, we're starting from uh, William Tompkins and other whistleblowers is that they actually, during World War II, um, discovered that the Nazi Germans had uh, alien technology and had been working with, you know, all those uh, different beings there. What did you want to ask, honey? Oh, I just, you know, here we will in the story about uh, uh, Bird not wanting to, uh, being able to talk about what he what saw when he went in the North Pole. Uh, we have, how, how does that move to him being commissioned to lead the uh, the battle of the, the fleet into the Battle of the Waddell Sea? Uh, the, how would and you're you, talking uh, about high jump. Yeah. How, what, what made them... Uh, bring him back into favor and give him an a, a important mission like going because of the... his because he was an admiral and he was an admiral in the in the navy and of course he his rank uh, warranted ward, warranted him his position so uh when he came to the he, when he was also put under strict orders by the by the uh via the president of the United States to remain silent and uh, in on behalf of the uh um uh, expedition in 1947 uh the February 19th one but he was still he was not demoted he was still uh, a, an admiral and they uh, put him in charge of uh, operation high jump because of his expertise that he had, that he had, because he had been to the Arctic several times, and yeah. the and the and the Antarctic as well, so he was the he was the one that had the expertise. So therefore, he's the one that went. <laughs> so he already knew they had round wing planes. He already knew they had that kind of craft. He already of knew course. that when he when he headed south with, with his with his puny helicopters or seaplanes, my gosh, it was like a suicide mission. Well, he came face to face with the um, crafts that were located in a place called New Berlin. New Berlin is a city that's located halfway around the South Polar opening, about halfway around it, and uh, not in the hollow earth, but halfway around uh, the, the 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 opening, the curvature, and uh-huh. there's, a, there's a city there called New Berlin, and of course uh, it was founded by the Nazis, and uh, and and then and the Nazi scientists and things of this nature. So yes, they did have round aircraft, and they did have aircraft that were that could run circles around the uh, the, the Air Force and the Navy. So, um, and but they didn't know the uh, extent of the power, firepower that these craft had. Oh, and, so they hadn't exhibited firepower yet. This is this was the test. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, yeah. But understand, 
The people in Hollow Earth are not violent people at all. They're very harmonious, very loving, and very caring. They're they're not into um, uh, domination. They're not into annihilation. They're into peace. They're into harmony. They're into creation. They're not. They they won't find a, uh, a a being from Hollow Earth that will have any uh, characteristic of anything of the negative side at all. Okay, but they they were under attack. This this whole but not by, but not by the Hollow Earth ships. These are ships that were, are fighters that were um, uh, at New Jer- at uh, uh, New Berlin, and oh. of course, so that and of course they on New Berlin. If you when you fly over that that city, there is a Nazi flag flying there, but wow. uh, but still, they don't. Uh, that's why they're not allowed uh, entrance into Hollow Earth because of their war in nature. But so that, you know, and, and only people that are of a harmonious, peaceful uh, attitudes and thoughts and things of this nature are allowed into Hollow Earth. And my father monitors the North Polar opening very, uh, very tightly and will only allow people that want to come in uh, to, if an aircraft attempts to come in there, it is seized, it is screened, and if the people on board are of the proper understanding and in uh, in, uh, in accordance with the um, harmony and peace and joy and things of this nature, then they will be allowed in. If they're not, then the ones that are will be taken from the craft. The rest of them will be returned to the surface. Who's your father? You got this is it's got Zora, which we'll get to Zora in a little bit. How can you tell? How can you tell people's hearts? Can are you tell? Can you uh, read them telepathically or somehow like that to? Determine that they are of the, uh, you know, the kind-hearted, appropriate nature to enter. Well, my father knows the hearts of everyone, and he knows he'll know immediately if the, the occupants in the, the aircraft or the, the ships or whatever they are that attempt to come into our domain. He knows their hearts. He knows them immediately. He will know if they are of a noble um, uh, stature, they are peaceful, they are harmonious, he knows it immediately. And uh, so therefore, uh, I had been with him on, on occasion where he was uh, had uh, seized an aircraft that was coming in. Uh, it was a jet, it was a private Learjet actually, and it had a few occupants in it. And he simply sees the aircraft with a tractor beam and and walked on board the aircraft and, of course, announced who he was and uh, said that, uh, of course, understand my father has the ability to shrink his stature in an instant. So 
he will not. So he would not. Uh, he would appear in their craft as one of them, and oh, okay. announce to them, announce to them who he is and where he's from, and that he's there to screen them to make sure that they are of a peaceful and harmonious understanding. And wow. those that are, are those that are, will are, are will remain on the aircraft. Or, or uh, will not will, will be taken on board my father's ship, and the rest of them that aren't ready will be left on the aircraft, and the aircraft will be turned around. Wow, we we need someone like that on the surface. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, before we continue, I have one question. So you were there in 1947. And then you well, you have to up. understand. You have to understand so. that my my age, or what would be termed trips around the sun, on the surface is sixty five. But if you add uh-huh. the time that I was in hollow Earth, that would be eighteen hundred. Okay. So I'm eighteen hundred and sixty five trips around the sun, according to your way you would judge, way you would rate. Age. So, so if, I know you. If you could, so if you if line. you want to go back to my time of 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 uh, coming forth into life, it would have yeah. been 165 A.D. Right. So for us to understand that, for our listeners to understand that, we have to understand what is inner Earth like, and why is it that people in there live so much longer? And so I guess that that's really the next thing that. Yeah, well, let's let Billy go back to his tale. We'll, we'll be quiet for another 15 minutes and let you uh, okay. give us some information. So, and then we'll we'll stop asking questions for about 15 minutes. Okay, go ahead, Billy. Okay, uh, where was I? Well, when you ent- uh, spoke so up, there was a, came in and your father oh, okay. their heart right. turned them away. Some of them away. Yes, and he and he's done that you know consistently, even with. Uh, surface-going vessels. I will also tell you that my father has been melting a certain portion of the north polar, northern polar ice cap. A, a waterway is being melted about a mile and a half to two miles wide to allow an actual cruise ship to come into hollow earth when the time is right. That is what's being what? done right now. And that's what people are thinking, that it's a global warming, that the ice caps are melting because of this melting that is taking place with my father that is opening up that mile and a half, mile and a half to two mile wide opening through the ice all the way to the opening of hollow earth. Which cruise ship are we supposed to book? <laughs> Well, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter which one it will be because after disclosure is done, uh, you will have a, a total access to Hollow Earth. Wonderful. You know, I, I, I was reading this stuff from uh, Olaf Jansen, uh, who went in the North Pole about these huge, huge animals, not just big people, but elephants that are way bigger than our elephants and stuff like that. I can't wait to... Uh, Tell us about that stuff. All right. So go the, ahead, Bill. The, 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 mastodon, the mastodons, elephants, yeah. are 
about two to three times the size of normal elephants. They're covered with hair, and they have long tusks. Um, and also understand they speak with telepathy. The, the, wow. the, the, the common language in hollow earth is telepathy. And so there is no need to actually talk with your mouth. Um, and uh, in hollow earth, we don't, we don't talk with our mouths. We use mind-to-mind communications. And so uh, when people ask about my father, does my father speak all languages? Yes, he does. But you have to understand how that works. When my father is talking to a group of people, especially a gathering of people in a location. Um, uh, I give you a, 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 an example. He was in Mount Sha- at Mount Shasta uh, City Park. He was giving, he was talking to a group of uh, rainbow people that had come from around the world for the rainbow gathering there. And he was mm-hmm. talking with them. And of course there were several of them that were from other countries and they had interpreters. But uh, the interpreters, uh, the ones that were they were interpreting for, they said, well, there's no need for you to interpret because we hear the words of this being hitting our ears in our own language. So, yeah. And that's how it works. So it's not like my father comes out and starts talking in Japanese or, or Chinese or Russian or English or whatever. Whenever he talks, it automatically is transformed into the to the ears of those listening to the native tongue, and that's how it works. So fascinating. Yes, it is. I can so also give you a history. I, I could give you a history lesson about your uh, Pearl Harbor, if you want to know the truth of what happened there. Okay. Okay, we'll do Pearl Harbor. <laughs> In 1941, uh, the Japanese were out on maneuvers in the nor- in the, uh, uh, the uh, northern Pacific, and they were doing you know out there doing maneuvers. At that time, Roosevelt knew he had to get America out of depression. In order to do that, he had to involve them in the war, and the best way to do that was a sneak attack. So what was done, uh, Roosevelt commissioned 30 aircraft that were painted to look like Japanese zeros, took off on the big island of Hawaii. And on uh, December 7th, 1941, those 30 aircraft bombed with the first wave of aircraft that bombed Pearl Harbor. Wow. And we watched it happen. So... What, so what happened that no, the Japanese come, initially did not start World War II. Right. Well, we knew it was a false flag, but I wonder what they did to those people that flew those craft or that were there on the big island that they didn't. None of them came forth, or have they? Some have. Some pilots did come forth when they were in their uh, elder years and, uh, and told about the uh, secret mission that they had wow. been part of to uh, to get America involved in World War II. Um, but that's the way it came down. 
when when the the Japanese had an observation aircraft that was flying over uh, Pearl Harbor and they saw these aircraft attacking the fleet, they called their their uh, aircraft carrier from which they took off from. Why are you bombing Pearl Harbor? We're not bombing Pearl Harbor. We're out here on maneuvers. No. Aircraft with the rising sun symbol are attacking the fleet right now. So the Japanese knew they were going to be blamed for it, so they sent in another wave of aircraft to finish the job. Oh. Wow. And that's how you guys got involved in World War II. That's how we got involved in World War II. So you were down in 47 in hollow earth, and then how did you get to the surface? Me and my sister were brought to the surface by a flying saucer or aeroship, and we were deposited in uh, in uh, Wichita Falls, Texas, at a city park there, and they have, uh, whoever's military background knows what a white elephant is. A white elephant is a dumpster. It's a big square dumpster with sliding doors. And uh-huh. these these uh, receptacles were at the city park in, in Wichita Falls and also at, at uh, Shepherd Air Force Base and all that. So uh, we were deposited and placed in one of those containers Whoa. Uh, on, on top of the garbage. Me and my sister. We were wrapped in a in a, in a blanket. Of course, we were also shrunk down. Uh, we were shrunk down to the, the, the to the height of toddlers um, in Hollow Earth. Uh, it was strange because we were how that came about was me and my sister were climbing a, a mountain down there, and my father appeared to us. Uh, he was sort of like floating off to one side on, over a cliff. And uh, he asked us if we wanted to go on a journey, on a mission to the surface world. And, of course, we jumped on it. We said, yes, absolutely, we'd love to. And uh, so we became the uh, uh, the ones that were sent to the surface. And uh, if we knew what we, if we knew then what we knew now, we might have made, made a, diff- a different choice. But still... <laughs> but, but anyway, so we were sent to the surface. We were our bodies were were shrunk down, literally, physically, to the point of being toddlers, and uh, about maybe the age of like what three or four, maybe something like that. Okay. Yeah. You know, just toddlers, and uh, so we were deposited, uh, um, you know, wrapped in a, a, a blanket, put on top of this. Up. And of course, we we knew we had to get attention of some people, somebody. So we started screaming our heads off. And of course, there was a uh, passing uh, maintenance worker and a uh, police person that heard the, the crying and the yelling coming from the dumpster. And they opened up the door and they saw us. They took, they grabbed us, took us out of there, and took us to the an orphanage located in Wichita County. Wichita Falls, Texas. And that's where we remained there for about uh, close to six months. And uh, we didn't talk uh, the 
uh, American language, we talked through telepathy, mind-to-mind communications to each other. And so people assumed we were deaf and dumb. So they gave us a pad and pencil to write uh, what our our desires were. And of course, we knew how to write, but still, and we we also knew how to talk, but we didn't we, we didn't trust them, so we weren't talking very much. But um, we were there for about approximately six months, and at one point we were sitting in the uh, what's it called the common room, and uh, it was a broadcast of a missing child in Yellowstone Park, and we, we were listening to it. And me and my sister just simply looked at one another and we closed our eyes and we held our hands together. And we visualized where this child was exactly. So we took the pad and pencil and we wrote down the longitude and latitude of the location of the child and gave that to one of the staff members. And, of course, they immediately made contact with the authorities up at Yellowstone Park and told them the location of where this child could be found. And, of course, there was a Native American ranger that was there, took the information, jumped in a helicopter, and flew the helicopter to the coordinates, which was 10 miles from the search area. And they walked into this cave and there was a Shatus that was nursing the child. Oh. A Shatus is what is termed as a Bigfoot or right. a Sasquatch. Shatus is the proper name for them. They don't like to be called Bigfoot. They don't really care to be called uh, uh, Sasquatch either. But uh, they are Shatus, and they speak with telepathy as well. Every creature in Hollow Earth speaks with telepathy, that all the way down to all the way up to the uh, uh, creature known as the T. Rex, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex, also speaks with telepathy. They are not carnivorous; they are plant eaters. In oh. no way, shape, or form were any dinosaurs carnivorous. They were all plant eating. Dinosaurs. They never ate flesh. The only the only way the, the, that comes about from Hollywood, or that comes about through stories, or whatever. Uh, they because in Siberia they uncovered a, a T. Rex carcass, along with some uh, mastodons, or woolly mammoths, and they opened up the stomach of this uh, T. Rex and found plants in in its, in its belly. So that eliminates the uh, myth that T-Rex was a flesh eater. Yeah, I guess they thought because of the teeth, but... Yeah. Well, the teeth are used for ripping and tearing branches, not not for ripping and tearing flesh. Right. So your two children, you're in an orphanage. What happened next? How did you get out of the orphanage? Well, getting back to the uh, finding the child, it made the newspapers uh, about us, uh, the two children that were able to find a missing child thousands of miles away, and mm-hmm. that story made the made the headlines. And shortly after that, 
a uh, Air Force family member, uh, uh, Woodard Air Force, uh, came to the orphanage and uh, adopted both of us. Oh, okay. That's how that's how we became to be with the uh, Air Force family. But understand also in that time, the Air Force uh, families, the Air Force paid extra for each additional child that you had. And so we were assets rather than loved children. Right. And also, Uh, you know, the the Air Force and other military um, aspects are looking for talented children that have abilities. Absolutely. And we did have abilities. We had, we had, uh, we could communicate with the animal kingdom. Uh, We would sit on the, uh, out on the, uh, a playground at the uh, orphanage and sitting under a tree away from everyone else. And we would have birds land on us. We would have squirrels come down and eat right out of our hands. And we would and occasionally we would have wild animals show up and, and also uh, uh, come up to us as well. So the staff uh, people knew that we were different, knew we were special. And, of course, they uh, uh, took advantage of that, too, because once we did start talking, which astounded them that we could actually talk, but uh, once we started talking, um, we stated that uh, they said, well, why haven't you talked all this time? Because we didn't know your language. We had to learn your language. So, oh. so, and because our our memory our memories were wiped when we were brought to the surface, our memories were wiped for our own safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wiped our memory, and later on, of course, a recollection came back. But during that time, we were um, uh, so we had to learn the la- the language they were speaking. And we listened to radio, and we also listened to this little this square box with about a, a, a five-inch uh, picture in the center of this box. Called it TV. Right. Black and white. <laughs> Black and white TV. But, right. Um, and so it was, uh, that's how we learned how to talk the, the, the English language. And with our mouths. Um, so once we learned how to do that, then of course you couldn't shut us up. But <laughs> so Kids. you know that was and that was that. So uh, shortly after we were adopted, my uh, uh, adopted father came up to us and ushered my sister out of the out of our room, and uh, I never saw her again uh, at that point. And I asked where she had gone, and they said, we could not afford to keep both of you, so we had her uh, be adopted by another Air Force family, which was a lie, of course, but uh, that's what they said. And my adopted mother, who was also an Apache woman, Apache uh, squaw, (laughs) she 
told me the truth. She said that my father sold my sister for a million dollars. For a million dollars? Wow. Yep, for a million dollars. To another Air Force family. For another Air Force family. Wow. And they took her, and they took her into an underground facility um, to do experimentation on her to find out how come she had these, these talents and these gifts that she had. And uh, so, and this went on for up until the time when we were both at nine, both the age of nine. At the age of nine, my sister sent a telepathic message to me said, saying she was in danger. I told her to send a telepathic message home to be, to be uh, uh, retrieved. She did so. And uh, her captors, uh, she had told them that she wanted to go to the surface to see the sun. And they reluctantly took her to the surface so she could see the sunlight. And when, as soon as she exited the bunker that they had, she had come out from, there was a cloud above the facility. And suddenly the cloud got larger. And suddenly... She wasn't there anymore. Oh, good. They retrieved her. Wow. And they took her home. And they took her home. The cloud cloud disappeared and there was a ship hovering there. And then the people on the ground saw the ship. And then suddenly the ship just sort of blinked out. Out of, out, of, out of sight, out of sight, and she went home. She made contact with me as she was going home. She said, "I'm safe. Don't worry about me. I'm safe. I'm going home." So well, I remained you, on the surface. You were all alone on the surface. How did you handle that? Well, I still had my I still had my abilities of. Uh, being able to communicate with animals, and I uh, still had, you know, so I had them as 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 uh, as a companionship, and uh, but I also uh, at the, shortly after that time, I uh, you have to understand how I was how we were born. We were born both male and female in one body. Uh-huh. Uh So I was, we, we, the medical term is hermaphrodite. So, mm-hmm. and my adopted father was a sick man. And he used my body for a sex doll, but made six to ten. So I went, to, so I went through hell, pretty much. Did your mother know um, that was going, did your mother no. know that was my mother would, didn't know because every night uh, after dinner, my adopted father would slip her a sleeping formula that would knock her out. And wow. uh, so she was unaware of what was going on. Wow. Or, when, or whenever she didn't want to have 
intimacy with the with the her husband i was the i was the recipient of his uh lust oh well but i survived it and uh so and that was that um at age 10 uh, i w- i had went to school and the, the the girls there were talking about how their parents loved them and I blurted out and said that how my father, uh, how my father loved me, in detail, and uh, of course that didn't go over too well with them. They 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 just literally freaked out, and they said, "That's wrong. That 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 shouldn't be happening. Uh, don't let him do that. It's not right." And they went home and told their parents. And, of course, the parents got upset and came to the school. And they started talking to the the school about it. And then they called me into the office and uh, to reiterate what I had said before. I was innocent. I didn't know any better. And I told them everything. And I told them everything. Were you naive? And, of course, yeah, I was naive, you know, uninformed. Uh, so, of course, uh, when I went home that day and I, uh, that night, my uh, adoptive father came in to have his normal ritual with me, and I fought him. I fought him. I said, this is wrong. You're not supposed to be doing this. How do you know it's wrong? Who told you? And I told him what I had to said to the girls at school. And he immediately stood up. And he started saying, oh, my dear God, oh, my dear God. And he left the room. He left the house. Um, he came back. He came back the next day. And he told my adopted mother that he was taking me into the base hospital to have my tonsils taken out. Oh, wow. So she, she said, okay, fine. She didn't know anybody. She didn't know what was going on. So Great. he took me to the he took me to um, uh, Shepherd Air Force Base Hospital, and he coached two surgeons, Oriental surgeons that he knew, that owed him favors, to do the surgery. They took out the ovaries, they took out the uterus, and they sealed the vagina. They wow. did that so he would not be prosecuted. But my body, for some reason, refused to cooperate, and I kept forming into a female body. Oh. (laughs) So my, so at age twelve, I was five foot seven. I was measurements were thirty six, twenty four, thirty six. Strawberry blonde hair all the way down to my buttocks. Uh-huh. And I definitely looked the part of a female. <laughs> wow. So how did he handle that? Well, they he, he finally got arrested. And how that came about was my adopted mother came home from town. She came up to her, into my room, and I was moaning. And she said, what's wrong? And I said, I'm hurting. She says, well, it's natural for you to be hurting, you know, pointing at my throat. 
And I said, no, not not my throat, down there. Oh. And she threw the she threw the covers back. She saw the blood, and that was she went ballistic. <laughs> she 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 started hollering out my adopted father's name, first, middle, and last name. Get yeah, your blankety know. blankety blank butt up here now. He comes up there, and she said, "What in God's name have you done?" And why did you do it? Uh-huh. And she hit, and next thing I heard was a smack. He hit, she hit him, knocked him down the first flight of stairs. She was on him like white on rice. She hit him again and knocked him down the second flight of stairs. Then she went to the kitchen, and I heard the uh, rustling of drawers, and I knew what was what was what she was doing. She literally grabbed a butcher knife and went after him. Whoa. She was going to castrate him. (laughs) And, uh, of course, uh, she wrestled with him out into the front yard. Uh, She called the police to come and for them to come and get this animal out of her yard before she killed him. And, of course, they came. Uh, the military police came, uh, the security, Air Force security police came, and they saw the scuffle going on, on the, in the, uh, in the uh, front yard. And she had, she had the butcher knife out, and she had his <clears throat> genital in one hand, and she was about to slice it off when they grabbed her. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> they, they arrested her. They arrested him. And uh, when she told him what he had done, they let her go. They let her go, and they kept him. And they took him to. Uh, he spent several years in Leavenworth. Wow. And, and I was sent effect. to. And I was sent to a Apache reservation in Arizona. What was that like? Was it better? Well, it was interesting because my. Uh, adopted brothers and sisters which were also Apache they uh, accepted me as one of their own and of course which was a wonderful thing and uh, so that's why I had lived the remainder of my portion out before I went in the service and uh, well then I went to Tennessee for a while and while I was in Tennessee I uh, uh, was go- I was I had went to uh, I was in school there in uh, junior high and I had to go to school I had to go to the the high school to be with my uh, brother who was taking his final exams and I was there waiting for him and they dropped all these papers on my desk and I looked at them I knew the answers so I answered them. And come to find out, I maxed them. <laughs> that was the that was the final exams for high school. So, so that was when it came time for when it came time for graduation, I'm I'm sitting in the audience and they call my name, and I'm wondering why they're calling my name. My brother comes down, grabs me by the arm, and drags me up on stage behind the curtain, and they said, "You're Billy," and I said, "Yes." We have a problem. What's the problem? You're valedictorian. You had to give a speech. 
what? <laughs> so, wow. of course, I said, wait a minute, I'm still in junior high. How can I be, be your valedictorian? I'm, and, and how can I be graduating? I haven't even graduated junior high yet. And they said, yes, you have. You, well, you, you haven't yet, but you're going to. And they got a, they went out to the and uh, called the uh, principal of the junior high school up on uh, up behind the curtain and said, "We this is one of your this is your star student." Yes, yeah. Well, she's graduating. What? What do you mean she's graduating? She's graduating. So we need you to give us a graduation certificate from the junior high school. So. <laughs> And they said, well, how do you know she's graduating? Because she took the test and she matched it. Okay. Well, give her the test again. Oh. So they they sat me at a desk. They put the papers in front of me. As you know, taking final exams in high school takes about an hour to an hour and a half. Right? Right. I did it in 10 minutes. Wow. And they rechecked the, 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 the scores identical to the first one. Yep. She's graduating. <laughs> well, so what's your IQ? <laughs> it must be off the charts. Uh, yeah, kind of. So back then, it was simple. The, 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 uh, the, the tests that were taken back then were adding, subtraction, multiplication, and division. And that was it. You didn't have trigonometry. You didn't have algebra. You didn't have all these other unheard of ways of working mathematics. Uh-huh. It's simple. So, yeah. I, I was, I, if... So how old were you when this happened? What's that? How, how how old were you when you graduated? Twelve. You were still. You were twelve. Okay, so what do you do? You're you're out of high school and you're twelve years old. What do you do with yourself? And, and what happens? I with go your, to, you know, I, I, with your. I went with, your, with others back home. Have you lost contact with them? Well, we'll get back to that. Yeah, I know the story a little bit. We'll go. We're going to get around to that. Okay, so you're twelve years old, and so now what do you? I'm twelve. Twelve years old, and I go down to the five and dine Ben Franklin. To get a job. And I fill out the paperwork, everything but my age. And they said, oh, you forgot to fill out your age. So I put 12 on there. And they looked at it and they go, what? No, 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 no. You're not 12. You can't be 12. You know, uh-huh. I'm 12. I just graduated high school. And they go, oh, you're the whiz kid. And I go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, they called their manager or owner of the store down from the balcony he comes down he goes what's going on well she wants to go to work but she's only 12 well tell her to come back when she's 15 and they said no she's a graduate from high school remember the one that graduated made the headlines oh that one that's her yeah that's her god she looks like an adult Female, uh-huh. you know, and of course he, you know, the 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 owner of the store said, "Well, put her in the back, stocking shelves, out of sight, out of mind." Right. Uh huh. 
they put me in the back and I started stocking shelves. And that's, I got, that was my first job. And uh, next day I went next door. I walked next door during the lunch hour. I walked next door and they had a recruiting station there. I walk in and I said, I'm interested in joining up. And they said, okay, fine. Uh, we need for you to take this battery of tests. So I took the battery of tests and maxed them. <laughs> and they looked at the scores and they looked at me and they go, ma'am, you qualify for anything you want, including officer school. <laughs> um, so, and they said, oh, you forgot to fill out your age. So I wrote down 12 and he looked at it and he goes, is this a joke? <laughs> I said, no, I'm 12. I'm also a mm-hmm. high school graduate. I showed him my diploma. Yeah, you're a graduate, but you're 12. This, and, yeah. and so he, well, and you. This, was, this was the Army. So the Army sent me over to the Navy. The Navy took one look at my age, and they said, they, no way, they sent me to the Marines. They said, uh-uh. They sent me over to the uh, the uh, uh, Air Force. Air Force says, "Sit down. We want you, but wow. there's complications here. So we've got to make a phone call." They called Washington. Washington sent a representative from the uh, Department of the Air Force, and they walk in. And he says, okay, what's the, what's the problem? I saw the scores of the, of the, the young lady, and she qualifies for everything. What's the problem? She's 12 years old. You're joking. No, she's 12 years old. Can that be confirmed? She's 12, and then said, yeah, we, parents are here too. How old is this child? 12? Can you wait a few years <laughs> on the contingency of coming in? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I said, yeah. So they put me on a retainer type situation until I reached the age of 13, 14, 14 and uh-huh. a half. 14. So they said, Okay. And then they they sent a letter to uh, my parents. They signed off on it that I could go in. And they sent me to a uh, to Lackland Air Force Base, uh, which is a the Lackland Air Force Base uh, basic training type stuff. And I, they put me in a, a school there for about six months before I even did any training because I had just turned. Uh, uh, 14. Did you and keep then, getting bigger? Did you keep getting larger and larger? Yeah, I was growing. But um, I'm only five foot, 5 foot 11 inches now. <laughs> so this was what, 1968 or something? Something like that. Yeah. And uh, okay. so... When I got to when I went finished the, the the school that I was going to, 
Then I got assigned to the uh, uh, drill sergeant, which is a female, and she said, you come with me. So I went with her and went into her cubicle, and she says, you're going to sleep here. Wait, hmm? You're going to sleep here because I don't want anyone coming up pregnant. Oh, yeah. And I said, okay, fine. So I stayed in her cubicle for the first segment of my basic training. About halfway through, um, the girls confronted her and said, why is she not out here with us? Because here's the situation. I mean, she told them. Well, we've got no problem with that. We're not going to, there's no, no issue there. Fine. Okay. But I don't want to have any of you come up pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then they said, okay, fine. So I was with, for the latter part of my training, I was with the girls. And um, they had no problem with that. Um, and I had no problem with that either. I mean, I had no, I, uh, and so I went through my last part of training. And at the end of training, of course, the drill sergeant had to salute me. Because <laughs> I was a lieutenant. <laughs> I was a second lieutenant. And they uh, uh, saluted me, and I was off to my next uh, duty station. Do you know where you're going? I'm going to Hawaii. I have a signed letter of that I'm going to Hawaii. Oh, no, that's right. you're Out going to the Pentagon. <laughs> so, so I, 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 you're I going really... to the Pentagon. <laughs> I said, I don't want to go to the Pentagon. Well, that's where you're going. <laughs> wow. I have, a, I have a question real quick here. So you, you looked like a girl, but you still had your male genitalia. Yes. Right. Okay. So that was yes. what was on there. Okay. Okay, so you're going to the Pentagon. Yes. I get to the Pentagon. As soon as I walk in the door, they hand me my first lieutenant bars. And I said, wait a minute. Don't I have to go before a board? Huh? My dad was already there, my adopted dad. He was at the Pentagon as well. He's the one that wanted me to be stationed there. Is this the Woodard one or a new one? Woodard. Okay, so Woodard is there. So he's out of jail. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He was he was finally released and they stationed him at the Pentagon. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then he he requested I be stationed there as well. Oh. But um what was interesting was, I'm going to go back a little bit, because at age 12, I was uh, at home, and uh, I had just come, we had just come from a, a scout group meeting, and we were walking home from the scouts, and there's a cornfield located between me, and us, and home. And uh-huh. uh, so I said, I'm going to take a shortcut to the cornfield because it's faster. And my friend said, well, I'm going on around because um, the stocks look like they're going to reach down and grab you. 
So I'm not uh-huh. going that way. I'm going around. Okay, I'll meet you on the other side. So I went through the cornfield. I got halfway across this cornfield, which was a mile across, got uh-huh. to the center, and all of a sudden it was daylight. I looked up and I saw this light getting brighter and brighter and brighter, and it descended. And I heard a voice coming from the light. It says, Billy, we're here to take you on a journey if you would like to go. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I would love to go. (laughs) Next thing I know, I'm being lifted off the ground. I look down and I see the ground leaving and I see me rising. And I'm rising, I'm I'm being pulled right into the, this nice bright light. Um, next thing I know, I'm in a room that is very bright. They said, "What do you see?" I said, "I see brightness. I don't see anything." They toned yeah. down the the lights, and I could see everything. All the fixtures were in a were in a, 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 a around the wall were all in a circular pattern. And I looked up and I saw these beings, two of them standing there, male and female. They're very tall. And I, and I said, all right, uh, who are you? They gave me their names. And I, I said, well, where are we going? We're going on a journey. And they put me in this, they put me in, in this uh, chair, or I should say, seat some wasn't a regular chair it was like a seat and they said look out through this portal through this viewer and tell us where we are so I looked down out of this viewer and I'm looking downward and I see the uh, I see a Texas state flag I said well I see Texas state flag (laughs) and they said okay good so you, are you good in geography? I said, yeah, pretty good. And they said, okay, just tell us where we're going to be flying over different uh, states. So you tell us where we are. So I, I started naming off the states. Oklahoma. Uh, the next state up from there is what? <laughs> Kansas, I think. Kansas. And then uh, on up into, next thing I see is a Canadian flag. And I said, okay, we're in, we're, we're in Canada. And where are we going? And we're going north. And I said, I can, t- I, I know, I, I, I've already figured that one out. We are going north. And he said, but where are we going? You'll see. And we kept going <laughs> north. And I, suddenly I see this bright light ahead of, ahead of, ahead of the craft. And I'm going, okay, where are we now? Over ice and snow. That's all I see. Ice and snow. I said, yes. And they kept, and then the craft started going a little lower. And as we got lower, I was able to see the the snow much clearer. And uh, next thing I know, all of a sudden it's daylight. It It was nighttime before. Now it's daylight. So I said, okay, how long am I going to be gone? (laughs) Six Earth months. What? No, no, no. 
I'll be grounded for life. <laughs> I can't go. Well, you're already going. <laughs> so, had they told me that before, I probably would have declined. But anyway, <laughs> so they went ahead and I said, can I fly it? And they said, yes. So they put me in this forward seat. And on the console of this uh, console in front of me, there's a console and it's got handprints on it. And the handprints are sort of like three, uh, three, three indentures on both sides, on both hands. So I put my hands in there and the light bar goes across my hands. And I suddenly, I'm in control of the ship with my mind. Right. <laughs> so I go, all right, this is neat. So I say, left. The ship goes left. I say, right. The ship goes right. And uh, so we're going along, you know, nice, steady pace. And all of a sudden, I do an L turn. And that kind of off, that kind of knocked the my hosts off balance a little bit. <laughs> but. But they said, okay, that's, that's okay, that's good. Now we better take control of the ship now. <laughs> so, and, uh, so the next thing I knew, next thing I knew, we were landing. And I got out, stepped out of the craft. I looked up and I saw a sun that never moved. And I said, wow, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, so and then I was met by several adults and they started talking to me and as I was walking I came across well, I, was, I had I was approached by a few insert again insert how, how did these beings talk to you oh with telepathy to my mind great and I was communicating right back to them <laughs> With my mind, right, and because I, I, the, the talent came right back to me as it's like riding a bicycle. <laughs> it, it comes right back to you, so I was able to communicate with them, and but the, there was a couple that were approaching me, a woman, and uh, a, a couple gentlemen as well. The woman, as she approached me, I looked at her and I, I recognized her. And I said, you look familiar. I've seen you in a history book. Whoa. And I've seen your picture before. And she said, all right, who am I? Well, you're an aviator. She said, yes, I am. Uh (laughs) Amelia Earhart. Oh, she's alive. She was Amelia Earhart, but she was much taller. (laughs) Well, so you said she's taller. So if we were to go there, would we get taller over time? Yes. Over time you would. If you have the desire to stay. (laughs) If you have the desire just to visit, you wouldn't get taller. Oh, okay. If you have the desire to stay and live there the rest of your life, Yes, you would get taller, 
and eventually your skin color would change. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the high content of copper in the water. But there are people from the surface that don't drink the water. So they still have their flesh tone. <laughs> but there are some that do that uh you know have changed in color. Amelia Earhart, she had not changed. Her her skin color was still flesh. Uh, but she did eat a lot of vegetables, of course. <laughs> wow! But yeah, they, and the others that up. the others that were approaching me were were they, I could tell that they were um, uh, they looked military. Uh, their their haircut looked military, and uh, I asked him. I said, "Well, who are you? We're pilots from the surface." And I said, all right. Uh, They said, we disappeared off the coast of Florida Mm -hmm. in the Bermuda Triangle. Vortex, yeah. And I said, all right, you're in history books too. (laughs) And they said, yes. What was our flight? I said, flight 19? Absolutely. So they were intercepted by aeroships when they got mm-hmm. lost. And they were about to run out of fuel when suddenly the aircraft stopped falling. And their aircrafts, were in, their aircrafts were intercepted by a ship, which took all, all five Avengers right into the ship. Were you ever reunited with your sister? Uh, yeah. I met with her and, of course, uh, went home with her <laughs> uh, for oh. a short time, short visit. A short so you visit. met these uh, historical characters, and then, then did uh, anybody come forth and explain to you what was going on? And Did you meet your father? Well, my memory was had been returning uh, all all along, and so I was. Um, my recollection was ba- almost back to normal, to where I knew exactly where I was and what uh-huh. I was doing there. Uh, of course, the first thing I wanted to see was my mother. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. So of course we went home, and I saw my mother. Of course, I gave her a big hug. <laughs> Oh. And father walks up behind me, and I turn around and look up, and I say, "Father," <laughs> and he said, "You're small." I said, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> wow. Well, you were twelve years. So you were small. But all the time that you were gone, uh, did you? Keep, uh, did you telepathically still feel your parents while you were uh, separated from them? Yes. I didn't communicate with them, though, because I was having too much fun. I got to ride a pterodactyl. Oh, I got yeah. to ride on the back of a T-Rex. 
<laughs> and of course, they put then and they took me to a pyramid uh, uh, structure. And of course, when I walked in there, they said, "Take everything off and walk in that room." I walked in that room after I disrobed, and a mist came over over my body. And I said, "What's going on?" And they said, "Your metabolism is weak. We are we are we are regenerating your metabolism." So. They regenerated my metabolism completely. And uh, when I got back off my journey and was returned home, uh, the doctors were somewhat astonished at my uh, health. Could you feel it when it was happening? Could you, could you feel the changes in your body at, while that thing was on you? Oh, yeah. I felt exuberated. Energized, uh, I felt um, glorious <laughs> and wow. very strong, absolutely strong too. And of course, um, before when I had when I was on the ship, I had even coughed a couple times, and of course that didn't go over too well with my hosts. <laughs> and of course they uh, they put something over them. They put a uh, a helmet over my head and uh, got rid of the cough <laughs> right off the bat. So, but when I got into hollow earth, they replenished my immune system back to a fortification. And uh, so I was very resistant against all sicknesses after that point. How long did that last? Are you still resistant? How long did that last? Are you still resistant, or how often does one have to redo no, that? No, I do come susceptible with colds. I do get cold. I do get uh, um, sore throat. You know. Uh huh. Yeah, normal, normal, everyday. Got things that you guys go through because my metabolism has diminished a lot since that time. Um, why did your Why did your parents send you uh, to the surface? Well, my mission. Maybe I had my dad explain it. Uh, okay, I'm going to have my dad. I'm going to have my dad come in. Okay, let's have him come in for a while. We are getting along in the show. Yes. Hi, Zora. Would you like to take over and explain uh, Billy's mission? This is uh, Quasar, Jane. And usually when this... Yes, I just want to explain a little bit about what happens when they trade bodies. Okay. So what, so what happens is not like a regular channeling where the channel comes through and is usually still there in the same body, right? Uh-huh. In this particular case, we call this a trans channel because Billy completely leaves 
his body. So the essences change. Mm. So when Zora comes, it's fully Zora that is here in the present, but occupying Billy's body. And now Billy is elsewhere. He's taken over uh, Zora's body wherever Zora is at. So as we are speaking, now we have Zora. Hello, Zora. Indeed, beloved master. How be you this day? I'm very good. You're at a. You know, you're already at a uh, a wonderful interview. Indeed. Yes, with uh, with Karen and uh, Kira and Dr. Lesson. So, Indeed. Yes. So you're here. And how be you, beloved masters? Oh, we're feeling great. We're so delighted you're here, Zora. Thank you for joining us. We've we just asked. Uh, uh, what in the world did you send your kid up to the surface for? <laughs> yeah, since we live well, here, we think, why would I do that to my understand, kid? <laughs> understand, we had, as you, underst- as you understood, Admiral Bird was uh, prevented from giving forth the knowledge that he was uh, given uh, to the surface world. So, we had to send another uh, uh, ambassador, if you will, to the surface. And that was my child. And, wow. Uh, so that is the reason that Zarea is on the surface. To give so forth I, the knowledge, to yes. give forth the knowledge that the hollow earth is real, that the population living inside of the planet is your brothers and sisters of hollow earth. You also have brothers and sisters in the crust of your planet as well. So did you know that? Brothers and sisters, yeah, we're we're aware of this. We've been uh, getting a lot of information from various sources and so the, the the mission's working. We're becoming aware of what's going on, and we've been looking for validation, so it's delightful that you're here with us today. My question is, when you say brothers and sisters, are we all genetically related? You are indeed. Understand, okay. beloved masters, all of you walking this earth are what is termed as gods and goddesses. Now, this you do not know because you have not been taught this. Your religion will never tell you that, and your so-called higher education will not either because they don't want you to know it. That Mm -hmm. is why you have been kept under what is termed as a thumb shelter with your governments. But now the truth is coming out of what and who you are. In the Old Testament of your Bible, you have what is termed as a uh, scripture that stated, God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and with our powers and ability. That was not put into your publication, your Bible, but it should have been. In the New Testament, in Matthew when Sananda Jesus was talking to the disciples, he says, marvel not what I do, for greater shall you do. If you only believe, you can. And I can assure you, you can. You all are gods and goddesses. 
if you just think about it, the spirit within you will bear witness to this. And you will know, you will feel a leap of joy that will well up within you, knowing that you are a god or goddess. And this is what you are, have always been, and always shall be. Mm -hmm. And you are also brothers and sisters. You are one with all life. Does that find you, does that make, do you find that hard to believe? No. <laughs> um, not at all. Not at all. I've been... Understand every creature on the earth is, has kinship to you. Mm-hmm. Whether it be a cetacean, whether it be a squirrel, whether it be a bird, whether it be uh, a beast of the fields, uh, bears, tigers, lions, uh, whatever, you are be in relation with them. Trees as well. If you think about it, your nervous system is that looks like a root system of a tree. Mm-hmm. And your nervous system acts accordingly with the root system of trees as well. Trees are also part of you, and you are mm-hmm. part of them. So, People have said, well, are you telling me I'm part plant? Yes, you are. <laughs> we're all rooting for each other. Yes, we're all. <laughs> <laughs> How and did that, is a, that is a truth. From yes? to, How did we get separated and when did we get separated from earth, earth, uh, surface dwellers to hollow earth and uh, Agartha and the other, uh, you know, Where mantles? you understand this? beloved master Mm -hmm. also besides being gods and goddesses on this earth you are also not native to this planet Mm -hmm. you are all you all come from different star systems different uh, galaxies different planets none of you are native to this world yes so and the first race to be placed upon this world, uh, experimental race, were the ones that are called the dark race or the Mushabans. They were the first race. And then the and other the races came humanoid? afterwards. Were they humanoid? What, what was their form? What was their avatar form? Oh, they were human form. Human form, uh-huh. You, and you also have, in the sea as well, besides cetaceans, you also have the mer people too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where does Mer-people, the people in this uh, story? Mer people. Go ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. What is this term? Mer people are part human and part dolphin. Ah. They are not part human and part fish. Because the metabolism and the anatomy of a dolphin is the same as a human. Mm-hmm. 
So you are compatible with dolphins. So uh, when you think about merpeople or mermaids, as you term them, you have seen them in books and fairy tales that they are half human and half fish. That is a wrong statement. They are half dolphin and half human. And when they go on shore, they do transform to have feet. They have that ability. The drawings are what? We're just a fluke. Yeah, so they, 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 they face different ways. You can tell by which way the uh, the bottoms go, whether it's a dolphin or a uh, fish. Right. Well, they they made their tails a lot longer than the traditional dolphin tail, which seems to be um, kind of stubbier, uh, more of a propulsion system. All right. Yes. So, uh, was that a, a, the- a biological hybridization process that was done intentionally? The mer people? Well, understand, they come from the planet of Sirius. Okay. And they were placed in the oceans here. So there is a population of a million or so of them in the oceans of the world. They have what is called pods communities, if you will. And the reason you haven't seen them is because they don't want you to see them. Mm -hmm. But if you have the desire to see them, you can. You just have to manifest that meeting. Right. So how many species... And and some of you here are also Mm -hmm. ancestor to them. So I was talking to uh, Billy at one point uh, on the phone before the show, and he was mentioning how many different uh, kind of sentient life force species are here, like the the, um, uh, the Draco reptilians, the Greys, the the Anunnaki. Uh, what what's really going on? There are no on? Anunnaki on the surface. You have no Anunnaki on this planet anymore. Okay. They have been banned from this portion of region of space. You do have good Anunnaki's as well that were not did not fall under the uh, 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 the, the genocide plan that was uh, uh, meant for you. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, there are the good Anunnaki's as well, but also you have what is called the ones that are that cause much havoc and much mm-hmm. uh, confusion and much uh, suffering on your planet as well. They have been removed from the planet. So who, who removed them? The Galactic Federation of Planets. So maybe you can explain us a little bit about that configuration. Because we have models of it from like Star Trek and Star Wars, and I, I, I have a kind of <laughs> it is uh, science fiction, right? 
But I'm a contact experiencer, and I've had some contact on my own, right? But it's still, you know, kind of less foggy and not 100% clear. So the Galactic Federation of Planets, are they? Indeed. Are they the ones in charge? Well, they are more in charge than your governments are. Okay. Yes, they are the ones that are calling the shots, so to speak. Understand, uh, in the past you had what is called an incident where a an asteroid was coming in a, on a collision course with your planet. And it came in over Russia. And my ship was dispatched to obliterate the asteroid. I caught up with the asteroid. I went through what is termed the tail. I dematerialized mm-hmm. my ship, rematerialized inside of the asteroid, turned my force field on fully, and then exited out of the of the uh, dematerialized and exited out of the asteroid again, and then it imploded. And that was just a few years and, ago, what, right? What did it do to the, it go was. To the ground? Yeah, what, that was a few years what was its effect uh, on the ground around? It, it didn't. Say that again? What did it? What did it do? What? What were the results of the explosion? Well, had there not been an explosion, we would not be having this conversation. It would have killed everybody on Earth. It Surface. would have obliterated the planet. Wow! It, it was one hundred and fifty miles in diameter. Oh my gosh! Had it yes, struck your planet? We would not yeah, be talking. There's actually a lot of YouTubes of that. I'll show you that later, honey. Um, that was a few years ago. Thank you for saving all of us. <laughs> Indeed. And, and so if that was an outward showing. Person, that was an outward showing that you are protected. Well, thank you. And I will also I, tell it, you. Yeah. I will also tell you. You will never have a nuclear war ever. We will not allow yeah. it. Oh, good. Stop that one guy, for heaven's sake. <laughs> yeah. We've got well, a lot of crit- uh, just recently, uh, what is called, uh, uh, just a, a day or so ago, uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, I believe it was, day before, uh, I was dispatched by Prime Creator to intercept a missile an intercontinental ballistic missile that had been fired from North Korea. It was on uh-huh. a course to Guam. It had a nuclear payload. Wow. I simply flicked it with my finger into the ocean. So, you will not have any nuclear exchange from any nation. Wow. We cannot well, we, allow this to occur. Thank you. We've seen because that type of it in the past. Was that you? Did you go over these different uh, military facilities and turn the nukes off and on? We've seen a display. Well, Ashtar's fleet did. 
yes. Um, we have turned off uh, all uh, capability, nuclear capability, in every nation. Only they don't know it yet. So one of the things uh, that my, one of my friends in artillery said is that field level uh, officers have the independent capability of uh, issuing uh, a nuclear fire or, or artillery. Uh, and so it's not just a matter of central command. It's a matter of the whole, uh, you, this is really scary how armed everybody is. Well, as we have, have we as we have to, we told uh, Admiral Byrd when he was there, we told him if we have we have the capability to split the ocean floor to allow one of our ships to go in and out, and to create a vortex of of water to go thirty thousand feet into the air and to to to, uh, to allow ships to go in and out of hollow earth do you not think that we can stop a simple missile right that's very reassuring thank you <laughs> very good. You relax and have a good time yes <laughs> well i I'm, i have a i have i have a lot of questions you know i mm-hmm. first but before of all, we continue i must give you a, yeah. a, another uh, little bit okay. of uh, information Okay, go you ahead. have what is called, you have openings that go into hollow earth. You, and the two major ones is Antarctica and the Arctic Ocean. And uh, uh, above the 84 degree uh, latitude uh, and the one, 142 uh, longitude, latitude, uh, I, I get those mixed up. Anyway... Uh-huh. Beyond that point is where the Earth begins to curve inward, yes. and uh, to uh, for the opening to uh, for you to come in. Now, uh, these openings are what also called airways of the Earth. If we were to allow you to have a nuclear exchange, nuclear war, as you term it, eventually that fallout would find its way into hollow earth. This cannot be allowed. That's why you will not be allowed to wage a nuclear war with any nation at all. Right. What about Fukushima and things like that? Will that come into... Mm -hmm. Your realm as well. That is being that is being rectified as we speak. We have placed boxes on your on your coastlines. These boxes mm-hmm. are about uh, about somewhere between four to five feet square, and they mm-hmm. are been placed on the different coastlines. And uh, what they are doing is they are sucking up all of the radiate radioactivity in the ocean. The fishy boxes. And, they, and we have done that on every coast, not just America, but also Japan and, uh, and Russia and what is termed China and what is termed uh, England. 
all mm-hmm. your coastlines have these boxes. Now, your authorities tried to move one of those boxes at one point with a crane, mm-hmm. a device for moving things. And right. they, put a, they put a, what's it called, a cable around one of them and tried to lift it. And it simply tipped over the crane because they could not lift it. But yet, a small child walking on the beach walked up to it and pushed it aside with her hand. Wow. But yet, they could not lift it. With all of their technology, they could not lift it. And it simply sank beneath the sand. And they are still there, and they are still doing their work. We also have a ship that is stationed above the caldera in where it is called the Yellowstone Park. Oh, okay. This ship, the immense size of this ship alone is in such a circumference that it, it totally encompasses the entire park. Uh If it was to erupt, it would simply be absorbed into the ship. Wow. We have a ship that was stationed over Fukushima when it went off. And it simply absorbed all of the radioactivity coming from there as well. Wow. Wow. So what's the what's the plan for this? You know, this uh, Earth. We have all this pollution, and our our species are Unders- dying. Understand, beloved oh. master. Mm-hmm. No one dies. Right. No one dies. They simply ascend. No one dies. They ascend. Mm-hmm. To a higher plane of existence. So when people do what is termed as give up the body, they are simply ascending. That is one way. Right. There is another way of ascending, and that is with the body. Mm-hmm. Now, this has become quite perplexing for those present when this occurs. Because in hospitals, it has happened many times. The family is around their loved one who is dying from cancer. And they are giving the last rites to them. And all at once, the body begins to vibrate and glow. And suddenly, the body is no longer there. So they are quite perplexed because there's no body. And the people who were present are panicking, asking the doctors, where did the body go? They are at a loss to answer that question. But the answer is simple. They ascended. Mm -hmm. Well, in your world, you have cures for diseases. 
um, extreme longevity, if not physical immortality. Un- it- yes, that is so. Correct. Also understand that the mm-hmm. atmosphere in hollow earth, if you had the same atmosphere here, you would not have disease. You would not have illnesses of any kind because the atmosphere itself is a healing atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You breathe the healing. You breathe the uh, complete and absolute uh, longevity or immortality. This is what we have in hollow earth. And soon, you will be the same on the surface. That's what I was going to ask. How will that come about? It seems like this is a closed system. You know, same thing. It's a closed ecosystem. It's one sphere with the the air. How can we do this? When disclosure happens, when the disclosure takes place, we already have on every continent, Right now, as we are speaking, we have ships that have already landed. They are cloaked. They, you cannot see them, but they are in, in various locations. And each one is in a position of overlapping energy. So when the, when the uh, galactic... Uh, Disclosure is announced, and the form in which that will be is you will be watching your TV, or you will be listening to your TV, or you will be watching or listening to your computer, and then all at once, there will be a voice come through, and on your televisions, there will be an image appearing, and there will be a voice coming forth. And they will be saying, the Galactic Federation of Planets, we are here to help restore peace to your planet. We oh, are here oh. to restore health and well-being to your planet. We are here to assist you in your evolution to the galactic humans you are. Wow. And this, this, this event will be global. There will not be one person on the earth that will not experience the announcement. So, when this takes place, even the Aborigines in Australia, in the outback, those that are in New Guinea, the headhunters, those that are in out-of-the-way places that normally do not have uh, any type of communications, the voice will come from the sky. So I received that download uh, a year ago in February of 2016, that exact vision was downloaded to me in two, two uh, nights in a row. And then they Indeed. came up that movie, Rival. So 
I've had contact. But we don't know when. Is there a what's keeping this from happening? Well, what I'm about to tell you, you have not doctor. heard this before, but many have heard it already. 2017 is the year of disclosure. Mm-hmm. By the end of this physical year, if all goes according to divine plan from Prime Creator, the announcement will be sometime before the end of this physical year. I want to break in for just a second to say we have about five more minutes, so we can either uh, end the talk or go into uh, overtime, whatever anyone chooses to do at this point. Well, why don't That we would just be finish- up to you. Yeah, uh, Karen, why don't we finish this sequence to a logical conclusion. Um, the, uh, the balance will be available in the archives. Those who are listening will stay with us. I don't think you'll get kicked off. Uh, that may be the thing that happens we might all get kicked off, but in the past, uh, it's just allowed to go. So let's continue, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but we're going to uh, max it at about uh, uh, maybe another uh, 15, 20 minutes. Talk. Do you have any out there who needs a healing? Um, that it does. Well, I'm looking at polyp surgery, nasal polyp surgery, on September 7th, and I'm not really wanting to do it. It means cutting and blood and great discomfort. Do you have someone there with you? I have my beloved husband and kitties. All right. I would like for your beloved husband to come and sit in front of you. Okay. I want, okay. I'm going to rub my hands together. I'm going to say receive. You're going to count from five to one. And you're going to say, I receive. Then you're going to say, from the goddess of my being, I am completely healed of this nasal issue. Polyp. Polyp. I am completely healed of this polyp issue, and I know it. And by saying that from the goddess of my being, you are awakening the goddess of your being. You term it as the subconscious, but it is in actuality is the goddess of your being. And that goddess of your being is going to completely and absolutely heal your entire body. You are going to what? feel, you are also going to feel on the outside of your beloved's hands, he's going to feel a warm sensation. That will be my hands on top of his. And then my, my energy will go through his hands into your body, into your palate area, and heal it completely. And it will be done within two minutes. Thank you. Five, four, three, two, one. Receive. I receive. From the goddess of my being, I am healed Count from the polyp issue. to one. Five, four, three, two, one. I, I receive. receive. 
From the goddess of my being. From the goddess of my being. I am completely healed of. I am completely healed of my polyp, nasal polyp issue. And, and I know else. it. And I know it. Have your beloved count from five to one, and he's going to say receive. Five, four, three, two, one. Receive. Now receive. Now begin feeling this energy going into your nasal uh, breathing capacity. It is all going in there right now. He is feeling the warmth on the outside of his hands, and that is my warmth and my energy going through his hands into your body. And you are being healed right now. I'm going to time you for two minutes on the wall clock I see on the wall here. And uh, after two minutes, I want you to breathe deeply and notice that there is no more issues with your breathing at all or your palate or any of that. Keep your hands there, uh, positioned to, where they are. Uh, uh, to break in, we might cut off because I would set the clock for 120 minutes. So I just want to let everyone know this. Uh, I hope it keeps going. Indeed. And if that does, I want to thank everyone for coming on. It's been very, very fascinating. Um, this is one of those things that could go on for a couple of hours, I'm, I'm very certain. And uh, I'm sure that uh, there will be a follow-up, uh, per- perhaps another show and an opportunity to talk to, our guest, to, to all of our guests. I will speak <laughs> another 30 minutes, and then you may end it if you wish. I hope so. <laughs> I'll know in about 30 seconds. But uh, I want to thank you. Indeed. I feel, very, I feel very educated and encouraged that uh, we're going to see some disclosure before the end of the year. That's that's something I'm hoping for, definitely. And uh, that was my Did big you question. Also begin watching your skies because you're going to see daylight sightings. Yes, we have been where I live in New Mexico, absolutely. I can concur with that, Indeed. definitely. Very good. All right, thank you. now... Take your hands away from your nasal area and uh, breathe. Wow. There is no more issue with your palate. Palate. There's no more issues with your palate. They are healed. Feels good. Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You want Thank you. You need to All have right. your beloved do this three times per day. Have okay. him run his hands together, place one over your palate, one on the back of your head, and you do the same. Put one on the over your palate, and also on the back of your head, and you count five, four, three, two, one. I receive from the goddess of my being. I am healed of, and then state it again. Reinforce it three times per day, and very shortly, you will go back to your doctor, and your doctor will be astonished. <laughs> Great. So much fun to astonish doctors. I like to astonish those doctors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's... Uh, Beloved Masters, you have, what, you have what is called, in your, in your world, you have belief, uh-huh. 
and then you also have knowing. Yes. You do away do away with the belief part. Always go to I know. I, and know. I know it. Never say I believe because believe does not accomplish anything, but knowing does. Yes. I'm aware and of that. know that you are all healers. You are all uh, gods and goddesses. And when you realize this in reality, your time, your your remaining time on the on earth will be glorious, will be energetic, will be what is called very, very uh, harmonious mm-hmm. and healing as well. Now, I charge you also, go out and heal everyone else. You have the ability within you to heal each and every human you come in contact with. Because you are gods and you are goddesses. I'd like to know... It's just so striking what you're saying. I was just talking to this uh, priest, Father Michal, in in Yale. He said the same thing, that the message of Jesus was that it's with with your mind, you can create anything that you create. And and the exact same message that you're giving, just, you know, coming through in this guy's metaphor. This is beautiful. Thank you so much. Yes. I love what you're saying. I want to give you Karen understand? and the you, Yes? Uh, I just wanted to give them a chance to maybe ask a question. I have one question, and this is based on my life. Um, Indeed. When I was young, I used to go out into um, out, out my crown chakra and down into the basement, and I would go down into uh, the inner earth. Indeed. And and I just wondered what that was about. Am I one of you that that I was returning home? It seemed like that was where I was from. You are what is termed as a fairy queen. And what does that mean? What does that mean? It means at one time you were a fairy queen. Uh-huh. That's what it means. That's what it means. You were... <laughs> You were a fairy in one of your past lives. And you were also what is termed as a uh, also in one of your uh, re, uh, one of your past lives as well. You also um, took on the form of what is termed as a unicorn. Oh. That's why you love horses. <laughs> yes. I always loved horses. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Now, in the earth crust, you have, beneath your feet, you have seven different civilizations that live in the crust of the earth. Some of you, are, you, you already are, are familiar with such as the fairies, such as the gnomes, such as the leprechauns, such as the elfin, such as the blue race, uh, such as the reptilian, such as the deros and tiros. So you have these many uh, 
civilizations in in your Earth's crust, uh, and then you have Hollow Earth too. But what was the next well. to the last? Uh, I I didn't get the last two very straight in your list. You have Deros and Tiros. They are degenerates what? of the Atlantean yes. culture. Oh, degenerates. Okay. okay. And, and uh, yeah, oh, degenerates. Of the wow. of the Atlantean culture. Never heard of them. Okay. So fairies, gnomes, leprechauns, reptilians. I missed something. Anyway, I didn't pass it up. That's okay. <laughs> we got to get it. Yeah. Um, you Sarah, did you ways. want to say anything before we run out of time here? I know you've been very Indeed. silent and patient. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, the, we, I live in New Mexico, south of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, our, our roommate uh, stepped out to walk the dogs and encountered a being. It was a reptilian lizard type of being about four feet tall that came literally right out of the sewers and, and uh uh, probably because the dog was with her, it didn't walk right up to her, and she had a telepathic encounter um, with this being. And we live at the base of a mesa, fairly large mesa, so we were at the bottom of the hill down by the river. Um, I was just wondering, uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of different beings underground. I know I've heard of giants before, too, but I was just wondering who that could have been. The, one, the complaint that the being had was that they were being assisted by our government and that they had been cut off of supplies of, of food in particular, and so now they were beginning to hunt. So it was a, a, a nerving encounter for a friend. <laughs> I wonder if you had any thoughts on that. Understand the reptilian uh, creatures that are in the Earth's crust. They are not carnivorous. They are plant eaters. They do not hunt. They they do not eat flesh at all. So you are in no threat by them at all. Uh, and uh, so simply give them, if you come in contact with them, simply give them vegetables. They will be quite happy. Okay, thank you. I'm sure my friend would like to know that. And also, I had a uh, thought in mind that you said there would be an announcement as a disclosure uh, possibility, but I'd also heard that uh, one of the disclosure uh, paths was to reveal more about the underground, uh, the underworld stories and who lives there and all. Is that... uh, do you see that as a factor as well? I will also uh, uh, educate you a bit about your religion. Your religion is a trap, what you would, would term as a trap. It is giving you information that is not true. It is giving you information that is uh, detrimental to your uh, development, if you will. Yeah. But also understand that the the religion, they use the term Satan or the devil. The devil or Satan does not exist. He is simply what is termed as a thought form and nothing more. The more credence you give to him, the more substance he becomes. 
but as a physical breathing being, he does not exist. So uh, the term Satan is derived from the planet Saturn. And it was brought down through the uh, ages and came out to be Satan. So, uh, but Lucifer is a son of God as well. Lucifer is not one of the dark, as you term it. Lucifer is simply another wayward God. That is all. And Lucifer has returned to the family, back into the fold of uh, Prime Creator. There is no longer what is termed as a satanic movement. It is false. There is no what is termed uh, such as what people have been told uh, as uh, uh, ch- uh, ch- child sacrifices that has come to an end. All of these atrocities are being brought out into the open, being brought out to the point of being exposed, and the people who are perpetrating them are also being exposed, and they will be brought out into the light as well. So the term Satan, the term devil, all of this is a form to be used to control the population and nothing more through fear. Okay, thank you. I'll lob it back to you, Janet. Okay, um, I think we're, we're running out of time here, but I have one final thing to ask. What did you... Um, what, do, what can we expect after disclosure? What will the world look like? Are, are we going to be out uh, in space, uh, colonizing new worlds? Uh, maybe you could, uh, instead of me, just guess. What, what can we expect you after have, look You like? are going to have what is termed a time called the gathering. The gathering is where all the ships that are in orbit around your planet All these ships are from different star systems, and they are here for the sole purpose to collect those that are incarnate on the earth. And those will be taken from the earth. That is a term what is called in the the Christian terminology, the rapture. But in reality, it is a simple taking away of the incarnates from the different star systems upon the earth. Millions of people shall vanish in the, in the twinkle, twinkling of an eye and they will be simply gone. They will be taken back to their home worlds by way of the vessels that will be collecting them. If you look out at the sun, as the sun is dropping in the sky, look at it with dark glasses, you will see a great orb in front of the sun. The great orb is the 
of the ship called Elenid. That is from Sirius, star system. They are here to collect their own. Every incarnate that is Syrian will be collected or removed from the earth when that time is given. When the DNA of the Syrians have been activated at the time of disclosure, they will simply vanish from the face of the earth. All those that are Octorian will vanish from the face of the earth. All those that are Orion will vanish from the face of the earth. All those that are from what is called mm, uh, Alpha Centauri shall be vanishing from the earth. This will cause much panic throughout the entire world. But it is a necessity to occur. Those that remain on the earth will then be taken either into hollow earth or onto other ships as well. Because the earth is going to re-terraform itself. Mother earth as you term Gaia, Terra, whatever you wish to term her, she is about to go through a dramatic change. And I mean by dramatic change is be a quaking upon the earth. All cities that are on the earth globally will simply cease to exist. Mother Nature will reclaim the surface. Entirely. Reterraformation will take place. All man-made roads and highways and um, creations of man will no longer be seen on the face of this planet. After this takes place, those that wish to come back to earth will but they will not be residing on the surface. They will be residing inside of the earth, inside of the crust, inside of the hollow of the earth. The earth's surface will be like a garden of Eden once more. There will no longer be deserts. There will not be desolate areas it will all be gardens and jungle and all and anything of this nature. All what is termed by I mean quaking of the earth, you were speaking of a twenty point to twenty five point quake globally. You can imagine what that would do to the surface. All cities flattened completely. But all mankind, all creatures will be safe on ships or in hollow earth. There is enough land inside hollow earth to house every person 
on the planet. Wow. Sasha, any final words? Uh, this, this, this is awesome. I hope this got recorded. Oh, yeah, this is being recorded. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow. Thank you, Zora. I'm going to send out a healing pulse, global healing pulse, that is going to go out to go out globally from your your transmission, your show, and mm-hmm. it is going to reach every household in the world. And when I do when I do this, I'm going to count from five to one. I'm going to say receive, and when I do. Everyone globally is going to receive this energy. You that are here listening are going to get a super jolt. But those that are out and are out and about around the world will also get a jolt as well. But it will be more intense for you. Five, four, three, two, one, receive. healing globally to every household to every man woman and child on the earth that needs healing they are all being healed I see wheelchairs being emptied right now I see and these are in hospitals I see what is termed hearts being completely restored I see even some cases even limbs that were missing are being restored. This has been, this is a gift coming through me from Prime Creator. How do Thank you feel? You. Oh, I feel great. Yeah, and I see those things too. I, I've, I've seen them. Uh, in the Many of the super soldiers that we've worked with and others They've had arms regenerated, just like you said. Uh, this works. It's so beautiful. I know you've made the a The solar ripple. eclipse that is coming upon you on the 21st is yeah. going to change everyone. Oh. It is going to enlighten everyone. Those that were asleep will be awakened. Those that are awakened will be enlightened. Those that uh, were on the fence will be jumping off the fence. Those that that require healing will get healing on that day. Those that require understanding will get the understanding. Those that have veils upon their eyes the veil will be lifted on that day. Wow, thank you. Oh, May harmony, peace, joy, laughter, healing, much love be with you and yours and beloveds. And have yourself a wondrous, glorious, and loving evening. So be it. Thank you, Laura. I shall return return Zaria back here. Not yet. 
Love and blessings. If you want to know where Zerea is, Zerea is over Virginia in my ship. Oh, wow. Because we are observing and we are comforting a woman known as Heather. Yes. She is under our protection. And she will soon be released. Mm -hmm. She is soon to be released. Each and every one of you out there are millionaires or billionaires or trillionaires, but you do not know it. And it comes from your social security number. It comes (laughs) from your birth certificates. It comes from your driver's license number. It comes from your passport number. Your government has been lying to you. You can are you get far your, richer than you could ever imagine. Can you get your money back from them if they've been taking your money? Very shortly, you will be doing exactly that. You will have unfettered uh, release of funds through the uh, um, through the TDAs, through your mm-hmm. Social Security uh, administration through what is termed as your uh, Federal Reserve Systems, all of this, all of it is coming to fruition. Uh And the global currency reset as well. Yeah, we've been hearing a lot about that. So we're looking for the... Simply manifest it in your lives. Uh Stop thinking in lack. Stop thinking that you cannot afford something. Always act as though it has occurred already and that you can afford anything that you desire. And the more you do that in, uh, in harmony with everyone else, in, in what is called in alignment with everyone else, and in, uh, uh, in your thinking, in what is, to, oh, by the way, your thinking processes are in your heart mind, not in your brain. Your brain is simply a vault of knowledge where all of your knowledge is stored. It is not your thinking processing mind. That is in your chest. Wow. Thank you. We're looking forward to all these changes and revelations. So, uh, Zora, thank you very much. We'd love to talk to Zorea and Jane and say goodbye. And we will contact everybody and do another show somewhere down the line. There's a lot more to cover. Well, my my beloved daughter, Quasar, wants to uh, speak with me uh, so I will not be bringing my beloved child home yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great show. Thank you. Thank Thank you you. so much. We had a wonderful time. Wonderful getting to know all of you. Very nice. Very good. It was a great interview. Feel the love welling up inside of your heart. 
all, if you are of the of, in the elderly uh, generation, just uh, do what is termed take three deep breaths. On your third breath, breathe normally, and you are going to receive a new energized heart right now. Five, oh. four, three, two, one, receive. Got it. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Thank you, Doc. Okay. <laughs> it is done. I am finished. It is, it is finished. <laughs> blessings. Okay. okay. <laughs> Many blessings to all of you. Thank you again for this wonderful interview. All right. Bye. Big time. Take care. Make hello, Indeed. Hello. Oh, take care. Take us on out. Okay, I shall. Thank you. Hey, back to Karen. She's got the helm and she's going to take bite everybody. Thank you for listening to Aquarian Radio Friday Nights, The Experiencer Path. Thanks to the artists from freemusicarchive.org, Ketza for Live With No Fear, and Scott Holmes, Mother Nature. You have been listening to the Aquarian Radio Network.